Hey, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags. Wags, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Happy Easter, everyone. We are recording this here Sunday evening. Yes. And it's uh, been a beautiful weekend. Uh, excited to talk about the big guys up front here, Dane. Wags, probably one of my, if not my favorite position, one of my favorite positions. Talking today about the defensive line. You and I both know these are the guys that get it done on the defensive side of the ball. These are the guys that set the tone, right? Absolutely. And it's a position that you need to have plenty of depth uh, we've had some injuries in recent years. We've got some really quality guys up front. I think this is uh, one of the strengths of our defense. And excited to see if we can bring in a couple other guys to compete. And uh, depending on how early we want to use a pick, uh, it could actually be uh, an opportunity to really enhance what I think is already a strength of this team. A hundred percent. And last year we brought in Mo Wilkerson, who unfortunately it just didn't work out. He got injured early on. Uh, so so we weren't able to really see the full potential that I, I thought that uh, we could have had with him. Uh, but you're right. We've got especially Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels holding it down on the defensive line right now. A number of other guys, but um, with 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 Kenny Clark becoming a free agent after this year, Mike Daniels becoming a free agent this year, wouldn't be totally shocking, would it, if the Green Bay Packers, if the right guy came to us in the first round even, that we could take that position, right? Absolutely, and I certainly hope that both of those guys uh, stick around, yes. especially Kenny Clark. Uh, he, he seems like a guy that should be in uh, the long-term plans of the Packers organization. Uh, but even Mike Daniels, who's been a consummate pro, uh, mm -hmm. a really huge part of this organization. But getting up there a bit in age, uh, he's going to be 31, I believe, and um, he is certainly not going to, I don't think, command a big money contract at this stage of his career. Uh, so it depends on, on how much longer he wants to play for. And, and let's be honest, has been banged up a little bit the last few seasons. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily anything that uh, we would expect to continue to happen necessarily. No. But uh, once you've been around the league for as long as Mike Daniels has, uh, you just never know if that can happen again. So uh, if we have an opportunity, I think, in the draft uh, to upgrade this position group, uh, it might make sense to, to bring in, if not Mike Daniels' immediate replacement, someone that will be ready to step in into that role uh, over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, sure. And and Mike Daniels, I think, is going to have a place on this team for, for a number of years if we can keep him around. And, and of course, Kenny Clark is just an emerging emerging star. Uh, but but you're right, you can't have enough big men, too, that, that can just push the pile, that can push around offensive linemen, make guys uncomfortable. In addition to those two guys, we did bring back Fadal Brown on a one-year deal who came on late last year and played some meaningful snaps when injuries kind of ravaged this defense defensive front. I mean, remember uh, at the end of the year last year, Kenny Clark was out. Mike Daniels was out. Obviously we mentioned Mo Wilkerson's out. And so we were seeing a lot of heavy snaps from guys like Montrevious Adams. We saw um, Tyler Lancaster, who I rave about, who I love, who I think is going to have a real chance to make this team on the D-line. Dean Lowry, we can't, uh, we can't say enough about him, who's played a lot of meaningful snaps as well. But there is room, potentially, to bring in another guy here. We like to carry five or six defensive linemen. Uh, 
um, under this defense. So there's definitely opportunity for another body to come in here. Sure, and it gives uh, guys a chance to stay fresh. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also allows uh, some of these guys to move around in pass rushing situations. Uh, So if you can uh, keep Kenny Clark moving around a little bit on all three spots of the Mm -hmm. D-line, that's something that can keep the defense off balance and and, um, help uh, to play some matchups too, uh, depending on who you're you're going up against week to week. So uh, I, I would not be shocked at all if the Packers take a pick early on a defensive lineman. So why don't we take a look right off the bat um, at some guys that might be there at number 12. Dane, yeah. uh, there might, uh, there's a, a few guys, I think some some uh, uh, Packer fans are really hoping, I've seen Ed Oliver's name out there quite a bit. Sure. Uh, do you think he has any chance of sliding down to us at 12? Yeah, so I think that the consensus that you hear a lot of the experts talk about, they say Quinn and Williams is kind of the number one D lineman that's going to be in this draft, but he's going to be gone at, at, at least at 12. He's not going to be there. So then we look to Ed Oliver and Wags, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to be bold. I would argue Ed Oliver is the best defensive lineman in the draft. I think that he is, uh, I think he projects to be a better D lineman uh, than than Williams. And I, and I look at him, he's just Dominant. He's a dominant defensive lineman who is just what we talk about is there's a couple things that the Green Bay Packers really covet. One of them is a guy who's just powerful and strong. And number two, and and we'll be talking a lot about this with this position group, is the non-stop motor. Kenny Clark has it, Mike Daniels has it. And Ed Oliver has it. That is a tool. That is a skill set on its own, is it not? A guy who just keeps going and fights until the whistle. Yeah, absolutely. And he's uh, definitely suited to play in 3-4 in the three technique Mm -hmm. uh, in the NFL. So exactly the type of defensive lineman that the Packers would be looking for. Uh, So the big question then going back, is he going to be available at 12? (sighs) I think that a number of teams ahead of the Packers could uh, theoretically take him. Uh, the team that just strikes me as a team that maybe would go go and take him would be maybe the Buffalo Bills that are around nine position. I, I look at maybe the Cincinnati Bengals as another team. So there's definitely a guy with that talent. I would argue Ed Oliver is a top five in the draft talent. Um, but stranger things have happened, especially if, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, there's a run on another position. If a bunch of the edge position players get taken and uh, a couple handful of quarterbacks are taken, we could find ourselves in a position where we're looking at um, Devin, Bo- or Devin Butch, we're looking at Devin White at the linebacker spots, and then Ed Oliver as well. There's a lot of talent out there. So yes, I think he could be there. I would say it's a 50-50 chance, but if he is there at that position, maybe there's more glaring holes in different places on the roster, but you've got to think long and hard if Ed Oliver's still there. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, it's always a tough call. It will be very interesting to see how this uh, draft shakes out, uh, particularly in our last podcast. We talked a lot about the edge position being such a premium for teams across the league, Packers included, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with us shoring that up in free agency, not maybe quite as much as of a need uh, immediately. And in D- D-line isn't necessarily either, but I definitely agree if, if Oliver somehow 
somehow slides to us at 12. Uh, he's the type of player that I almost don't care who else is available on the board. Mm-hmm. You, you just have to go and get him. Totally. Um, so it doesn't, I, I don't really think that there's anyone else um, at the defensive line position that would be draftable at 12 do you i mean realistically dane i think no. if if ed oliver's not there we're probably looking at tj hawkinson we're looking at another position group uh, yeah. at 12 um if 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 he's not the guy there is there anyone else that i'm missing here that you think they might be looking at no i i've seen some mocks where rashawn gary who, who play at michigan who you know could be seen potentially as an edge uh, others are projecting that he would maybe be better suited in the NFL uh, to play the the three technique and play on the defensive line. But the more I've been watching him, especially we we do have the benefit of be doing this podcast just a few days out from the draft. Um, I think that his stock is actually falling a little bit. So I would agree with you, Wags, that then we would maybe be looking a little closer to the. 30 position, or if the Packers did choose to maybe move down from the 12 spot, which is another thing that could happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that would be a little bit of a reach. I I never really liked taking a guy that's a tweener Mm -hmm. that early. I mean, he's a a really good player, and and producer Dozer agrees. But but I really would, if I'm in the top 15, I want a guy that I know what position he's going to play and that he has played it. He he was uh, played out of position a little bit, uh, supposedly, when he was in Michigan. So I'm just not completely comfortable with taking a guy like that at 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I agree. I'd rather uh, see if he slides down a little bit. Uh, and you can get them a little bit later uh, in the process. If, if that happens, so be it. But I, I, yeah. I, I would rather just stick to the board at 12. Um, okay, so why don't we look down at 30? Um, so as, uh, Gary would be a guy. I don't know if he's going to slide quite that far, uh, but he would definitely be a guy that we would be looking at, mm-hmm. uh, potentially at 30, I think for sure. Um, and then we've got a couple of other guys here. Um, Christian Wilkins out of uh, Clemson. He's projected to be really probably more in that 15 to 25 range. So I don't know that he's going to slide down to the Packers at yeah. 30. Um, but uh, if he did, uh, what, what do you think about him, Dan? Yeah, so some of these D linemen are maybe a little off of what I would normally expect out of the Packers. They're a little taller, actually. than, than The Packers have not been afraid to take a guys that are a little bit shorter. I look at Mike Daniels as a prime example of that. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, I think that um, there's just a lot of talent on the board here. And, and actually, if we weren't to take a first-round pick but did decide to maybe go um, in, the, in maybe the, the 30 pick uh, or even in the second round, somebody like a Christian Wilkins out of Clemson would be a, a really good option. There's just uh, between he and Dexter Lawrence, who's actually his teammate, uh, just a couple guys that I think um, showed well in their college career and and seem to be guys that could maybe contribute uh, with the with the Packers. Uh, what I like about um, Dexter Lawrence is that he just pushes that pocket, man. He, he's a guy who who can make that collapse and, and coming in and and, uh, and makes quarterback uncomfortable from the inside out. And, and that's something that every NFL team would, would hope to have. And I think that's something that maybe Dexter Lawrence could bring to the Packers. Yeah, and I mean, I think the key for any successful D lineman in Packers scheme 
is if they can eat up blockers, that's going to make a huge difference for everyone uh, from the edge um, to the linebacker, inside linebacker position, so they can uh, have room to, to flow downhill and, mm-hmm. and make some plays. So um, I agree. I think Dexter Lawrence, is, I actually like him a little bit better of the two Clemson guys as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Christian Wilkins is a, a real good player. They're both real good players, but I think if, if Lawrence is someone that might slide down to 30, uh, if the Packers uh, are not taking a D lineman at 12 um lawrence if he falls would be someone to definitely keep an eye on i agree yeah. um, jeffrey simmons we looked at quite a bit at him he's the guy that the packers bought in for a pre-draft interview so dane what do you know about jeffrey simmons yeah so simmons was was projected to be a first round pick and unfortunately for him i mean he, there's a couple red flags with him i guess off the field and then also medical so off the field there was a, a um, assault charge back when he was a senior in high school so he wasn't able to work out at the combine uh, due to the rules of the combine and then after that during some workouts here he went down with a, what's been reported as an acl injury either in late january or um, or maybe early february there um, but he was projected to be a, a, a top pick, and for the Packers to bring him in still for a workout, now I don't know if he'd be able to contribute this year, which makes me very, very squeamish because I think that we're a team that needs talent now. Uh, maybe they brought him in more to kind of just get a sense of his um, talent for other teams that might be making uh, be interested in making a trade, maybe at the back end of the first or even in that second round. But when he's right physically, he's incredibly athletic and, again, a guy with a crazy motor, which the Packers covet maybe as much as anything else. Absolutely, and I think it makes a lot of sense to bring a guy like this in just to get a better sense of what those character issues may or may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, everyone is human. They make mistakes. Uh, he was a kid uh, when that happened. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, completely hold it against him. Uh, then again, you get a chance to talk to him, uh, do some of your own background check, and, you know, they, I'm sure they get have a much better idea of what they would be getting, uh, whether this is a guy that would be worth uh, taking a flyer on in, in, in perhaps the second round. Uh, top 10 talent. Uh, so you, you definitely want to do homework on a guy like that. Um, I, I don't know. He wouldn't obviously be someone that you'd be looking to contribute right away next season with the t- ACL injury. So it's hard to get terribly excited about a guy that's coming off that type of injury. Certainly, you know, it's it's uh, not a uh, incurable injury anymore in this right. day and age. But with a big guy, uh, that's always a concern when you have a knee injury coming out of uh, college and into the draft. So, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be a lot if he does slide maybe into the second round. But that's still a second round pick that they could be taking another guy. Um, and then I, quite frankly, that makes me very nervous. I, I, I would prefer to take guys that we think are going to contribute because with the free agent signings that we had uh, this offseason, we spent a lot of money. Aaron Rodgers isn't getting any younger. And I, I would I would personally argue I want guys that are going to be able to play and play from day one. After that, I do get a little bit nervous. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, they could still sign someone for a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could, mm-hmm. you know, they... they don't have to rely on him necessarily next season. You've got Daniels next season. You've got Kenny Clark next season. So, I mean, he's not someone that um, 
that they would have to necessarily make plans around. Um, so it really depends. I think it's mostly going to come down to what, what they found out when they bought him in for the mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and does he slide? Uh, if a team wants to take him early or if he's in the first round, I really don't uh, think that's a, a position where the Packers will take him. Sure. Okay. Well, um, wait, wait, what I want to, what about Draymond Jones? Uh, he's the uh, D lineman there out of Ohio state. I, I asked because we do like our big 10 guys. I feel like in in Green Bay, uh, another guy who just you know he's got that really good low center of gravity. And again, I, I said I'm going to say it. I'm going to keep saying it. The motor, he's got good hands. I, I just I, I look at these guys. He's a little on the lighter side, quote unquote, for a defensive lineman at 281 pounds, uh, but athletic and just wouldn't be shocked if he's there, maybe there in the second round, or if the Packers were moving around a little bit here in the draft, he could be a guy to look out for. Sure, I you know to be honest with you, that does beg the question: where will they? spend picks with this position group i to me i think this is another this is one of those positions where if they can get a blue chip talent kind of like inside linebacker or safety um that's uh, definitely something that they will i'm sure strongly consider or be looking at Mm -hmm. Uh, once you get out of that blue chip range i I don't know if they're necessarily going to take someone in second or third round with this position group Uh, i could be wrong but Mm -hmm. it seems to me like it might make more sense to be looking at uh, receiver or um, safety or uh, some of these other positions in the second and third round uh, rather than d-line where you know d-line if you can get one of the top two or three guys okay you pull the trigger Mm -hmm. um so I'm not sure. I, I think um, uh, he's a guy that definitely has some talent, like you said, uh, can move around, probably play um, a little bit more in, in passing downs uh, to start off with um, and maybe get off the off the ball and, and get after the quarterback, uh, perhaps as a D, defensive end in, in our uh, 3-4 scheme. Um, but I I just don't see him as a long-term solution uh, for the Packers. I, I, I would rather them focus on guys that clearly upgrade the position, mm-hmm. not um, taking a second or third round pick on a guy that isn't going to help right away. Um, you may as well just wait until you get down later in the draft, I think, mm-hmm. if, if, once we're at that point. Yeah, and I, I hear you, and... I'll tell you what, I think the Packers do take a defensive lineman sometime <laughs> in the draft, but you're probably right. Um, think you're, you're, I'm inclined to agree with you that uh, if it's not an Ed Oliver type of player, we may be looking at, um, at, the, at the next earliest, maybe like late third round, maybe going into the fourth round. Uh, I know that we brought in Tristan Hill out of UCF for a workout as well. And I've seen him going anywhere from, um, you know, from from being a guy who goes in the late third round to even in the sixth round. So he's been kind of all over the board, um, but a guy to look out for because, you know, we do know the Green Bay Packers history of bringing in guys. uh, And then they happen to often, you know, or at least relatively often, end up landing on the team. And I do like Tristan's, some of the work, again, a high motor guy, a guy who's athletic, a guy who, 
Um, I think probably would have been drafted a little bit higher. Uh, his his uh, coach the first few years, he got along with really well. His senior year, sounds like he he butted heads a little bit with his, his uh, college coach, or at least his, uh, I shouldn't say his senior year, I believe he's a junior, but his, his final year uh, in college butted heads a little bit with his coach. But, um, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily a character concern as much as it was just a... Um, disagreement over philosophy, but uh, he's a kid to pay attention to. And maybe that's one of the reasons the Packers brought him in for a workout is they like what he, what he does. But when you do have disagreements with the coach, you want to get the sense of what kind of kid this is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one thing maybe um, to be looking for is if they can add a little bit of athleticism to the defensive end spot in this group, that might make some sense. Um, They, they're, I think they're clearly very, very strong up the middle. Um, but if, if you get a little bit more versatility and, and you get a little bit more length and athleticism um, from the defensive end spot, yeah. uh, whether that's guys that are going to be stronger against the run or, or to pass rush, um, that just gives, I think, the Packers a, a few more looks to throw at opposing offenses and um, a, a little bit more uh, depth and versatility. So I, I like, uh, you know, Dean Lowry as yeah. much as anyone, um, you know, but – uh, he's been a solid player for the Packers, but I, I don't think anyone's going to argue that he's ever going to be a, a kind of a difference maker at that defensive end position. No, Dean, Dean is awesome for what we have him on the team for, and he's a guy who uh, one of his great skill sets, and this is a huge skill set, is he stays healthy and he works incredibly hard. But you're right, he he is a guy who works at it, but he's he's probably not going to be the game-changing D lineman, but he's, he's a guy that you want on your team. Sure. Um, so, Dan, is there any other names here that you think might be worth looking at? Perhaps going back up um, sure. in that you know third uh, to fourth round range. We do have two picks in the fourth round, um, so I, there's it looks like there may be a little bit of a drop off here in terms of the depth right around that range. At least as far as what um, these guys are projected to be drafted at but anyone you know that stands out to you um we've got uh, anthony nelson six huge. six yeah. seven two seventy but out of iowa so i just it's almost like obligatory that we mentioned these iowa guys <laughs> we have to we um, have to yeah. but uh, anyone else here that you think might you know fit the profile of what we'd be looking for in that range yeah so i'll tell you what um you know who's a guy who's interesting to me is uh, greg Gaines. he's out of washington and i look a little bit at his um i i look at his profile uh, a little bit more than anything else uh, he actually reminds me a little bit of tyler lancaster a guy who came out um, just he, he's a hardworking kid, uh, maybe not the most quote unquote, and I'm going to use quotes that I, I read about him on uh, athletic, but just a grinder and a guy who, who's kind of got a nose to, to be able to, to battle and just a lot of power, you know. So I, I like guys that just uh, are stout against the run that can play, and um, I, I think that he's a guy you can look at as we start to look a little bit 
later. Um, but I don't think he's, a, again, one of these top-line uh, draft picks, but a guy who's just um, can hunker down and, and hold at the point of contact. Yeah, he's a guy that you take a chance on late because he's got that motor, as you said, um, brings it on every snap, you know, just a hard worker, plays hard. Uh, so that's a guy that you would definitely look at in the second half of the draft. Uh, maybe doesn't have all of the natural physical tools, but, you know, he perhaps someone that you get into strength and conditioning program, late bloomer, mm-hmm. works hard, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, two, three years down the road, you're saying, wow, we got a steal. Uh, so uh, I agree. Uh, that's a, a definitely a good name to be watching out for in Greg Gaines. And, he, and he's definitely not going to be a guy that will be padding the stats with sacks. I think that that's important for... Uh, folks to know, but in this league, you still need guys that can just sit down and make sure that when the team wants to run the ball, you're not running the ball on this defensive line, and he's that kind of guy. Absolutely. Okay, very good. So, um, Dane, any other general thoughts here on the defensive line yeah, position or I'll, any other prospects you know, you're looking at? Isaiah Bugs. Isaiah Bugs, I, I use it because, you know, he's out of Alabama, big school guy. Uh, he, he played, uh, I believe, four years there. Um, you know, the, I think the concern that you hear about is that, um, you know, his pad level can get a little bit high. Uh, but I think that's teachable. That's teachable football there, even at the NFL level. And what I like about him is that he's got really, really strong hand placement. He's strong, again, at the point of contact. And I like that. I like guys that maybe their pad level, that's that coachable stuff. But if a guy's got good hands and he can be aggressive uh, off the snap of the ball, that's a football player. That's a guy that can make a difference. And I think that he kind of makes it interesting to me. Um, you know, he doesn't necessarily have, again, this pass rush. He's not your your number one threat here. But that's not what we're asking for out of our 3-4 defensive lineman. He's just a guy who I think can play some ball, who's played at some of a, at an elite level at an elite college, uh, and, and then I think would be able to bring it for the Packers on each and every snap. Uh, great. Um, so I, I agree. Uh, if there's some definitely quite a few names here um, all across the board, um, and I, I know I mentioned earlier that I don't expect round two and three necessarily to be rounds that the Packers will be uh, looking to target uh, defensive linemen, but um, perhaps uh, that's not the case. Uh, depending on where Jeffrey Simmons falls, I think that could be a name to be watching for on sure. day two um, if the Packers do like what they um, found out with him and, and what what they think they would be getting with him. Um, so uh, anyway, um, I, that, I think that generally rounds up our thoughts. Are there any other free agents that the Packers would be looking at after the draft that could potentially inform how they approach this, or isn't that really going to make too much of a difference? You know, for, from my perspective, nothing comes to mind. I, I do think that this is a position of strength on the defense uh, for the Packers, and I do think that Lancaster, frankly, did a heck of a job of making this even deeper than I think maybe fans thought it was going into camp last year. He's a kid who battled in camp, didn't make it right out of camp to the 53, but then was able to come back in. We've also got James Looney on the defensive line, who we did 
bring in in the draft last year. I believe he was a seventh round pick off the top of my head. Uh, Made it onto the practice squad, ended up working his way onto the active roster under the 53. So we do have some other guys here that I think the Packers are going to be looking at. And I think the OTAs are going to be really telling. If we don't land a a top top, uh, blue chip defensive lineman early, uh, and uh, you know, maybe we, we do take somebody a little bit later. If we don't do that, I think from a free agency standpoint, we're going to see after OTAs, we would see the Packers maybe make a move to add another person to this D-line. Who knows? Maybe Mo Wilkerson just doesn't have a market right now. He's still trying to work his way healthy, and the Packers are able to get a very, very nice deal uh, out of that. I know we did work out um, a guy from, from um, Arizona who ended up staying and uh, re-signing with Arizona. So we're probably not done with that defensive line position. We'll just, I think, have to need to wait and see after the draft if if um, we do address those concerns or if we want to make another addition. Sure, absolutely. So I think that just about sums up then the defensive line. Um, it will be very exciting to see. I'm, I personally am hoping that we have the opportunity to be talking about Ed Oliver when we get oh. to that 12th pick. Oh, my gosh. And then we'll be all stressed out. We'll be and, freaking out. Yeah, we'll be <laughs> freaking out, and, and Packers will take, like, you know, a cornerback or something. Just not Justin <laughs> Carroll. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so well, anyway, we'll see what happens. But um, – um, it would be uh, sure exciting to uh, be sitting there for 15 minutes on the clock sure. if Ed Oliver is there. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, I would be completely stressed out, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it would be uh, fun to see what happens if that's the case. So, all right, Dane, I think that sums it up then for the defensive line. And this was actually our last yeah. Uh, can you believe it? Uh, preview before the draft, I so uh, I, I I am excited to see what happens here Thursday night. And we talked about potentially doing a mock of our own, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we'll see if we have time for that or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, we've we've certainly made quite a few predictions here <laughs> in in all of our episodes. So uh, if you're still catching up on our positional uh, previews. There's still a few nights to catch up and and see how we do. You can keep a scorecard and let us know if we're if if we made uh, the right calls or not. <laughs> Wags, uh, at least we put our name on it. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So um, perhaps we'll just like, kind of let 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 things fall where they will, and and uh, um, we were either right on target <laughs> or if some of you guys can be writing us and letting us know how wrong we were. So um, it will be fun to see what happens either way. Um, So anyway, thanks so much for listening and uh, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.